BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Welcome to BizQuick, everybody. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And I'm confused at how we start shows, and so we're just going to roll right into that. So, Man, it's been a long day. It has been a long day. Um, we are continuing our Defeat the Chaos series, where we pick uh, shows that we had really good interviews, fun guests, interesting guests, great conversation, and we are replaying those for you. But before we do that, Julie and I give you a recap, give you something to look forward to, talk about what we like, what we don't like, etc. in that interview. And today's show, we're going to have Callie Keen on, and this was the first time that he was on Defeat the Chaos, and he is a regular on the show now, mm-hmm. but we had him on, and... Um, as always, it was a, a very informative conversation. Yes. Ke- Kelly always brings a big knowledge drop. Um, we're big fans of Kelly's and love spending time talking to him. This episode is particularly funny because he gets, there's a couple of awkward moments for Kelly on this one. The first one being that when he has to introduce himself, he gets really uncomfortable, like going through his bio and kind of talking about himself. But then if you remember, Butters makes an appearance. Oh, that's right. His dog makes an appearance. <laughs> yes. yes. And then there's many dogs. Yes. And it gets a little bit weird. But but it all I was it was kind of funny. And we were just rolling with it, but but Callie was super embarrassed. Yes, he was. <laughs> um but we get into launching products. Yes. Um and how people uh, that make the mistake of trying to launch with that perfect product rather than the I don't know if he, I know, like, I can't remember if this was this interview or if it was another interview where, uh, or, or episode where we were talking about something and he comes on and basically just says everything that I said was wrong. I don't know if this was this one or maybe a later one, but. Um, I think that was a later one. Maybe. I don't know. You'll have to listen to all of them to find out. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't, I don't remember. I know, you know, on this one he talks about that you don't have to solve every problem. You just have to solve a problem, right? So we can't. And this is probably more important for like service related um, guests versus, oh, this, no, it was this one where you talk about MVPs and he basically tells you like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, yes, that was this interview. I, I forgot about that. But um, on this, you know, as back to what I was saying with solving a problem versus every problem, when you are, you know, going to market with a new company and whether it be a product or a service, tend to want to over engineer what it is that we're going to release first and that's that's not it's not necessary you just need to solve a problem you don't need to solve every problem for your ideal customer just one of them and then you know prove that you can solve a problem and then they're going to let you solve more for them yeah and i think the same goes for products though so for instance our friend mitch of pascots he he has an interesting situation where he he has a product well, he has multiple products, but the problem that he is running into or ran into is that because he sells to uh, uh, collegiate schools, to, to colleges, um, he has to make that one product, but at least 50 different ways because every school is different. 
And so he is solving a problem, but he has to solve it multiple times the same way for different customers. Yeah. Um, and then on top of that, he wants to, he wanted to launch other items in his portfolio and Callie basically said, no, just do the one thing really well for one school and then go from there. He didn't take that advice, but he did not. He did not. <laughs> but he's doing well. Go check out pascots.com. <laughs> hey, you're welcome, Mitch. You're welcome. All right. All right. So what was your favorite part about this interview with Callie? Getting told that everything I just said was wrong. That was my favorite part too. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I don't know. I every time I listen to him, I learn something new, right? He's just I think as a as a person, the thing that I really appreciate appreciate about Callie is that he looks at things very logically and he's a big picture thinker. So Callie is what I would refer to as an expert non-marketing marketer, right? He just, he's very good at figuring out like, here's the simplest path for marketing your product or really like getting brand penetration. And there's nothing, it's all, it's very simple, easy stuff that it's like, it makes you realize that so many people are trying to be like, sexy and over-engineer marketing and like they're overthink it when the reality is just do the simple thing do do the simple thing and put it out there yeah i wish that you would take that advice sometimes i do take that advice as you try and make everything more complicated i don't understand what you're talking you about. remember foundation 52 <laughs> anyway yeah no uh, it's uh just all, all jokes aside there. i'm not talking to you anymore okay that's fine you're gonna talk to the, the audience Oh, okay. <laughs> um, now you're getting, now I'm icing you out. Yes, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Are you shunning me? Unshunned. <laughs> um, but yeah, the- Mistakes were made. <laughs> the, the, the goal of everything should be making things simple to eliminate confusion, to eliminate uh, unnecessary steps, unnecessary costs, all of those things. Uh -huh. But it's just, it's really easy for those to just get piled up because, it, you know, it's, it's like if you look at the tax code right now, the easy thing would be to just stop and redo it. But no, they just add to it. And what was a 10-page document now is thousands of pages long because <laughs> yeah, it's right. – and, and that – but, I mean, that's really, like, how life is. It's, like, instead of just stopping and removing a rule, we're just going to add a rule to amend a previous rule, and, and, and that's what – I mean. There's a lot of if this, then that statement. Exactly. So <laughs> yes. when it comes to building a product or building a brand, just keep it simple. Just do – solve the one problem and then go from there because otherwise you're going to create problems for yourself. Yeah. I agree. But, all right. Well, we are going to I agree 100%. Thank you. Uh, I acknowledge your agreement. <laughs> acknowledge my thank you. I acknowledge your thank you. <laughs> You're thank welcome. you for thanking me. Yes. All right. That's uh, enough of that talk. Um, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, you'll hear the interview with Callie, our first of many interviews with Callie on Defeat the Chaos. <laughs> All right, and welcome back to the show. We've got Callie Keen on. Thanks for joining us today, Callie. Hey, thanks for having me. We are excited to, to talk to you about this. So we talked about um, collaboration and, and creating new products and services 
uh, before you joined and we know that you help people create new products. So would you mind telling um, our listeners a little bit about you? Yeah, I'll give the, I'm, I'm, I'm still getting my, uh, my sea legs about this talking about yourself thing. So you'll have to excuse me for being like a poor, a poor guru, but uh, (laughs) my, my, my background is in manufacturing and product development. I think that's the cause because I am in a, it's a, it's a binary world. Things exist. It, there's not a whole lot of puffery in, in uh, the universe that I come from, but I've developed hundreds of products for companies of all sizes, uh, billion dollar companies down to high growth startups, innovative entrepreneurs. We've done, gotten money from big VCs and from Kickstarter. So across the board, a lot of interesting experience from that. And just brass tacks is that as a manufacturer, I don't get to make anything if they don't get to sell it. If they don't run a good business, uh, I don't really have a client anymore. So that more and more got me into the coaching and consulting world because I got to see firsthand what worked sitting at a table in my business, drawing out a product and then working all the way up to making hundreds or thousands or in the case of some really fortunate products, them making hundreds of thousands of those products. So distilling down what what actually worked. And then I thought, hey, if people had a process, and I'm still a huge fan of processes, but I thought, hey, if everybody just knew that there's a process for innovation and innovation like collaboration is one of those dirty entrepreneur words that people overuse and abuse. But I thought if they just knew the steps that were involved, they would be more successful. And I went out there and started speaking, started working with startups, started running incubators and community uh, events and programs. And that kind of got me into this whole entrepreneur world. And that's where Red Blue Collective came from. And uh, I don't know, I, because, because of my, I guess, uh, let's, let's say realist background or kind of contrarian background, I'd say like optimist contrarian, uh, I formed this brand called End Hype. And that's what my podcast is named. And that's what I'm kind of known for because there's so much puffery in the world. There's puffery in the entrepreneur space and the personal development space, product development space, startup world. It's just, you see this kind of like uh, puffed up silliness over and over again. And I'm not, I'm I'm just not a huge fan. So. I would a hundred percent agree on the, all those like, uh, fancy terms and catchphrases and all of that. And I actually have a news story at the end uh, that I'm going to talk about maybe if we have time um, about redefining. That's another one of those um, disrupting all of those. I'm just like, Oh yeah. Make a good product. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You were, you're talking about NVPs and that's, that's one of my favorite on the hit list on the end hype hit list, because in general, people will come to me with ideas and I think ideas are great. They're what inspires you to get started. And you should have a little bit of hubris because you're going to be an entrepreneur. It's hard work. You, you got to at least feel like you're going to do something important and you're going to make it happen. Right. But uh, people try to make, they just try to make a junk version of their product instead of making a, a simple, well-executed solution to a problem that exists. So they, they go idea first instead of customer first. And so the whole idea of MVP, I think, is, is trash. And the way that people who are product entrepreneurs implement it is, is dangerous at best. 
So I just don't even use the term. I just. <laughs> That's interesting. Is that butters that we hear in the background? Yeah. <laughs> hey butters. Um, all right. So I, I, I want to ask a follow-up question about that because now I'm really curious, how would you answer that question that Corey asked about the pro what was it? The problem with waiting until you have a perfect, perfect product. Yeah. Perfect when, product. when do you know that you should launch? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a great question. And it, 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 you're fine. You're fine. Sorry. Yeah, I'm in the office and all the dogs just came in. <laughs> it's cool. It's all right. We like dogs. Okay. Well, I apologize. But yeah, so I built. <laughs> now it's kind of getting out of control there, but, <laughs> but we'll, we'll fill in for a bit while you uh, go. <laughs> Scram dogs. Yeah, get the dogs Scram. out of there. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Well, I feel like, uh, I'm no longer going to use the word MVP anymore. I'm not either. I yeah. didn't know that was a, a a bad word to say. I because I thought like in general, and, and I guess we'll find out when Callie comes back on in terms of the um, knowing when to launch. Because in, in my opinion, the idea was you want to get to that point where it's something that's useful, but it's not. Yeah, it's not like you you didn't spend too much time or money and try and put all the bells and whistles in there. Yeah, I that's I, I am very interested to hear what he has to say about that. And I also will say I that's one of, one of the reasons that I really, really like Kelly is that he's very, very, you know, straightforward. I love how he describes himself as an was it an optimistic realist. Is that what he said? Hey, everybody. Sorry. Sorry about that. It's okay. uh, it dog, dog time in the office. So they're they're all running around like crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> very frustrating. But uh no, it's optimistic contrarian. contrarian. I just, yeah, yeah, I just, it, it, it's just people, they want to have a dialogue with the market. And this kind of gets into the, uh, my philosophy around how to build products and how to collaborate. And really, if you look at, if you look at a business as I want to build a brand and a brand is what someone else says to someone else about what we're doing. It's a conversation piece, right? And we want to be the author of that, of that conversation. We want to help that narrative be formed. And yep. products do that in a really unique way because instead of telling somebody, you could show somebody. They can experience it with them. So when we understand that about building a brand and really that collaboration is just a high level version of that. We're getting somebody influential, we're getting a thought leader or another business to tell that message, right? What we have to understand is that it's got to be good, <laughs> right? We have to build great things and great things can be very simple. So we don't have to solve all of the problems. In fact, I really suggest that people look at the market, instead of looking at competitors, you look at it as an ecosystem of potential collaborators. So you're helping somebody move from point A to point B in their life, and you're contributing towards that transformation or what that goal is that they're trying to do. So if your product can do something even really small to help them move along the way, other things that facilitate that change become your potential collaborators or things that you can do, you know, joint ventures with. There's it, it starts a conversation and a place for you to fit into the market. So it's helps solve like other buzzwords that you hear like product market fit and getting feedback. But in general, I, I took the MVP process and kind of 
put it in the trash. And we use a process called traction products. And it just, it was born out of a thought experiment that I had in, in my incubator is what is the most simple way that you can solve a customer's problem so well that they would talk about you. Um, and for physical products, we were able to look at what people were actually solving, have conversations with those people, figure out the shortcomings of what they had tried in the past and, and what they liked. And then we, were, we could make something really, really simple, really simple to just be able to start a conversation with one person and 10 people and get feedback. Because I really believe in feedback from people that want to pay you money. Yes. Those are the people you want the feedback from, right? Right. So if I say like, I want to serve this niche of people, and that goes into another conversation that I don't think we have time for today, but I believe in serving communities of people, uh, identities. I think our world is kind of fixated on organizing itself by identities, but we're serving a group of people that we like and we actually care about. And if we actually care about them and we want to grow a business, it doesn't have to be about our idea today. It can be about our idea tomorrow and we could sell somebody else's product. We can be an advocate for somebody that we want to collaborate with later and we can build a brand and start building revenue and a conversation around solving problems. And then we can look at simple private label products or customized versions of the private label products. And uh, it's, it's much more approachable because when we get into my universe of prototyping and manufacturing, the costs are pretty extreme for most entrepreneurs, most people's budgets, right? Yep. So it, if somebody gives me an idea and says, what would it cost for to get this product from scratch to launch. And I tell them, oh, it'll be $150,000 or it'll be a million dollars. I don't want them to give up. I want to be able to break down a roadmap and say, well, what do you want to achieve? And let's reverse engineer what that is in like a very definitive way, not in a fluffy way. It's like, we can sell this today. You can build a brand around this, refine your messaging then you can take that to people that have money and say, hey, I have a huge list of customers. I have a following. I have a brand and I've proven sales. And now I want to get a little bit of investment or I want to get a loan to take this to the next level and the next level and the next level. So yeah, those, those traction products are great for attracting investors once you're able to prove that you can sell them. And um, we're, Corey and I are actually working with a client right now who their the timeline to get their initial product that they want to go to market with to market is so long because of everything that's happening in the world right now that they were able to find a shorter path with a different product that still fits into that same market segment so it goes after the exact same target audience and like we just this past week we were really drilling them very hard about asking them questions to make sure that they didn't just pick any product so they could get something to market, that the product made sense for what they were trying to achieve overall with that brand and with their company. And like, I, we, our goal was to try and get them to the point of like, yeah, this, you're right. This isn't a good idea. And they 
had such solid answers for every question we asked and they had done, they really had done the homework. And so we're like, all right, let's roll with it. Let's keep pushing forward. So it, it's a, and it's a much cheaper alternative for them to go to market first to establish the brand and then they can get the funding and have some revenue coming in to be able to launch the product that they really, really want to launch. And that I think will just kind of explode in the marketplace once they get it out there. Yeah, I've done it over and over with people. And it, it if you can set the negative side of e- ego aside, right? If you can be like, it's not about my idea, it's about building a business or achieving some kind of personal goal or impact goal, or you can you can focus on on reality versus the, like the fantasy of I had this giant dream and now it's an unachievable obstacle. Uh, the, the traction products it it works it works pretty well, um, but later it serves people because then they can do things like bundling. They can uh, at, they learn how to source and add on products or just work work with vendors when. It's it's less of a risk, right? You th- you think about risk mitigation, um, and I used to work with more startup type people, and they would want to put millions of dollars into like one shot. We're going to develop one problem, like one product. Well, they they definitely developed one problem, right? <laughs> <laughs> but but it's like we want to make an automated pet feeder. It's like great. Um, but it's it their business becomes almost like a, a binary situation of success where right up into the point where they have sold 25,000 units, they're a failure. So it's, it's like the cost of their business was the cost of marketing, tooling, engineering, 25,000 units of inventory, fulfillment, like every spin-up cost was a negative on the runway up until the moment that they hit that. And to, to say, here's how much funding I have for an idea. I need almost $5 million just for an idea. Whereas in reality, they could have, I don't, they could have done something so much easier. They could have started a pet blog or started, you know, started selling pet food or something very approachable um, and, and built a brand and, This is exactly why startups, when somebody is a brand new entrepreneur, they need to be working with a coach who has done it before or with an expert who has launched businesses before and can give them that guidance and that difficult feedback. Ultimately, they can still make that choice of, I want to do this, but you can be like, all right, well, you're going to have to go find somebody else to do that with because that is going to, you're going to go bankrupt before yet ever get the product to the You're not doing it with me. <laughs> right on. Exactly. And there's that, that whole, um, like you got to learn to walk before you run. And for a lot of people, they want to just, they want to hit a home run. I'm going to use so many cliches in this. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they want to, they want to just knock it out of the park on their very first try. It's like, well, no, let's just work on, let's work on just getting to bait, you know, getting, to, getting to first base. And then yeah. we can kind of go from there. Um, and that's, you know, it's not fun. Well, the, the hard, the hardest part is running the business and really making marketing and operations work as a team together. And you can do that without additionally adding the risk and costs of it being 
a million dollar custom product, right? You can build a team out with revenue and you can learn what your channel strategy is, what you're what you're doing, how fulfillment works, how customer service works, all of those pieces with anything. So yeah, learning to walk before you run. It's the same as, um, I want to draw a parallel between this and collaboration, is that I am a huge proponent. Most of my revenue, most of my success has come from doing partnership deals. And we get validation by working with users and then moving that over to someone who owns a channel, owns an audience, but people will want to do the same thing with collaboration. They'll say like, if I could just work with X, Y, Z, all my problems would be solved, but they have to become the type of business that's worth collaborating with. So they have to build traction and brand in the market and then move over there. It's, it's not binary. It's a, it's a process, right? Yeah. And I, I wish that we would have, we're going to have to bring you back, Kelly, because we want to, we definitely want to talk more on collaboration though. I do love where this conversation went because there's a lot of people who want to develop products and don't understand conceptually everything that goes into it. And like the, the, that there are processes that you can follow steps you can take that are going to better ensure your success or increase your likelihood of success. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, For sure. That's why there's product development companies that do it over and over and over again. And you can use, as an entrepreneur, you can use light versions of those processes to develop things and greatly reduce your risk, speed your time to market. um, It's a known and solved problem. It's still very difficult, but there are are people out there that, that do that. And if it's a good fit, I'm one of those people. <laughs> so. Yeah. so we will, you we, and people can find you at redbluecollective.com. Is that correct? That's correct. You can listen to the End Hype podcast. I pretty much put out any information that I know for free. Uh, and then people can judge for themselves if they want to message me, DM me, email me and take the relationship further. All right. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And we will be right back after the break. Well, we hope that you enjoyed that replay of our interview on Defeat the Chaos, and you can check out all of our live shows on Defeat the Chaos. It's on the Voice America Business Channel every Thursday at 9 a.m., and be sure to check out our other podcasts on BizQuick Podcast. We release those every Tuesday and Thursday. Julie, you got anything else? I do not. Thanks for tuning in.